Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. And um, I've, I've got to tell you right from the outset, I need to um, warn you, I, I will get overexcited this morning. I will get overexcited. I will shout. Um, I will talk too fast. Uh, I might spit a bit on the front row. I'm sorry. I apologise straight away. Um, and because I'm talking about what has got to be one of my most favourite, favourite topics, and that is the power of the local church. And uh, I want to tell you, my wife and I, Sally, we've been married for 41 years. And uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. And all the praise goes to my wife. That's 41 years of perseverance and patience and love and forgiveness flowing my way. <laughs> but one of the greatest decisions we ever made was not just to get married, it, was, it wasn't just to love God and to follow Christ, uh, but it was to plant ourselves in a healthy local church. And I'm telling you, good things happen when you get planted in a local church. And uh, so I'm, I will get excited. Um, so you've either got to come along on the journey and get excited with me, uh, or you can sit there and just, you know, if I'm getting too excited, just go like that. I promise you, I will totally ignore you if you're trying to settle me down. It won't work. It won't work. But it's a great privilege to be able to be uh, sharing the, uh, the word this morning. Pastor Craig and Nadia are down in Gippsland. They've been ministering at a youth camp and uh, they're sharing in the church down there, Riviera Christian Centre. Great, great church. One of those greatest regional uh, churches. And uh, what a privilege that you can send your senior pastors away. What a privilege to serve in a house uh, where there's a gift upon their lives that others are after and that God wants to spread around as well. And uh, so I have no problems being number two, you know, just coming in behind and sharing along. I'll fill the gap. Okay. I, I, I understand. I understand. Anyway, we're, we're jumping into the Word and uh, it's beautiful this morning. We're, we're following on in this series that we're doing across all life churches uh, entitled Come Follow Me. Um, as believers, that's our call to follow Christ, not just to know Him, but to follow Christ, to be disciples, to be learners. And, uh, you know, as we follow him, then obviously, as we've heard over the last couple of weeks, the more we follow him, the more we become like him. He changes us, not from the outside, but he changes us from the inside. And the more that we answer that call, come, follow me, then we start living on purpose. We heard an incredible message from Pastor Nadia uh, that talked about that whole challenge, not just being positioned in life like Queen Esther, but that we actually step up and into the call that is on all of our lives. And for us as a local church, that we step into the call of the local church. And so as we answer the call, come follow me, we become like Christ. We start living on purpose. But the other thing is that we start spending time in places, doing things just like Jesus did. If you follow someone, if you follow me, ultimately somewhere along the line you're going to end up in a coffee shop. <laughs> ultimately, if you follow me during the week, you're going to end up in a, in a, doing some exercise. You're going to end up uh, having appointments, meeting with people. The ones that we follow, we end up going where they go, doing what they do. And if we examine the life of Jesus... And we're determined to follow him. I can tell you, there's one place that Jesus always found himself, and that was in community. 
Now, in our context, in, the, in those days, if you were a follower of Jesus, then literally the disciples, the apostles, the 12, they, they left everything and they just spent all that time with Jesus. So they left their work, they left their families, and they went everywhere with Jesus. Well, in our context, we're not necessarily called to leave our work or our profession, but we are called to follow the habits. We are called to follow the disciplines and the principles of how Jesus spent his time and where he spent his time. And one of those places was community, which is in our context, is to be involved and participating in a healthy local church. Not because we have to, but because we get to. Because we get to. See, religion would say, you better get to church. You want to be a good little Christian? If you want to be loved by God, then you better go to church. That's religion. The gospel is we get to. We get to be part of a healthy church. And finding our place in a healthy local church is, as I said, for Sally and I and for all of us that would call ourselves Christ followers, it's one of the greatest decisions that you can ever make. Because the truth is, God promises that when we are actually planted, everyone say planted. Planted. Oh, some of you said planted. (laughs) It's not planted. It's planted. I don't know how you'd say it in New Zealander for all the New Zealanders that are here. Planted? Come on. I love New Zealand now. When you are planted, the Bible says you will flourish. Your life will flourish in every area. So the message, if you're taking notes, you could write down. I want to talk about flourishing in the house of God. Flourishing in the house of God. And our foundational scripture is Psalm 92, verse 12. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted, everyone say planted. In the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in their old age. Wonderful. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. There's a few big words in that passage there that I just want to pause on for a moment before we begin to to unpack it. The first one is that word flourish. The original language there, the word is porkra, which means to show buds or sprouts and to send out shoots and to blossom. And what it's doing is painting a picture there. When the Bible says we're going to flourish, it doesn't just mean that we'll become strong and healthy. It means that we will actually have signs of new life. And I love that because that's a picture of what God wants to do in all of our lives. He doesn't want to just rescue us. He doesn't want to just bring us into fellowship. He doesn't just want to heal us and cause us to be strong. He wants us to be enjoying new things. He wants us like a plant that reproduces itself to keep on expanding and to keep on reproducing. And the wonderful thing, what that means for all of us today is that no matter how good our life is right now, God can make it gooder. There's no stopping. There's no parking. We don't ever get to a point where we say, that's enough. I'm blessed enough. No, God says, I know you're blessed, but you're blessed for a purpose. 
And so now I'm going to expand your life even more. He wants us to flourish and it never ends. The other great word in this short passage is the word house. I love that it says house of the Lord, not the hotel of the Lord. Because there's a big difference between a house and a hotel. I go to lots of hotels. I'm not committed to any of them. I pay my bill. I want a bed. I want to be treated nicely. I want some nice food down there, whatever. But I'm not committed to a hotel. You're not committed to a hotel. If, if I like it, I might go back. If I don't like it, I'll never go back. No commitment. But a house is a different thing altogether. I'm telling you, when you live in a house, you're invested in that place. You say, this matters to me. I'll pay the mortgage. I'll pay the rent. I'll keep it tidy. This is my house. And I love the scripture said, no, 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 no. It's the house of the Lord. But I love the other word in there where it says those that are planted. Note it doesn't say those that are potted. There's a big difference between being planted and potted. See, if you come to our house now, my wife's house, she, she loves um, pot plants. You come to my house now, there's plants that are growing up to the roof around the walls and down a little like It's awesome. Uh, but it wasn't always like that. Honestly, early on in our marriage, if somebody gave us a pot plant or Sal would bring a pot plant home, I'd have to pick my moment. But at some stage, I'd sit down with that little plant and I'd have to have a little talk and say, look, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you look like a nice little plant. <laughs> And it's a really cute pot that you're in and I can see that, you know, you've got a good start to life. You're shiny and you're looking healthy and strong. But I'm sorry, I've got to be honest with you. It's just a matter of time. (laughs) You're as good as dead. (laughs) Why? Because if you're only potted, then you're immediately limited. You see, the problem with a pot is once I'm in a pot, a plant is in a pot, the roots can't go out anywhere. It can't spread, which means if you're potted, you are immediately dependent upon an external force to feed you. Somebody else has to come along and water you. Somebody else has to come along and feed you. And if they don't water you and they don't feed you, you wither up and you will die. You are vulnerable. But also, if you're potted, it means also you, you are vulnerable to the, the conditions that are around about you. All you need is a pot plant with a big wind and you're gone because you haven't got roots. And so you, you can just be blown over and your pot won't hold you when the wind blows strong. You will be crashed down on your side. So to be potted is nowhere near as strong as to be planted because when you are planted, your roots can go down deep. But here's the great tragedy. We're not talking about plants. We're talking about people. We're talking about believers that when we are planted in the house and the tragedy and the temptation can be, especially in the Western world, is that we can feel that we, no, no, we want to be potted. And the trouble with being potted believers is the same problem. Our roots don't go down deep. So we never become self-feeders. We need other people to come and other people to feed us and other people to water us and other people to come and bless us and other people to make us feel good and other people to pray for us. We never let our roots go down deep enough. And when the storms blow, we're isolated. We're in our own little pot and we don't have others that can come and can stand around about us. But the greatest tragedy about a potted believer is that as potted believers believe they can just get up If they're not happy where they are, do you know what they do? (laughs) 
they pick up their little pot and they move across. And some of them, they'll just move across to the church on the other side and they'll put their pot down and say, oh, this is a much better church. Oh, I like this. Oh, much better preaching here. This is awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my pot down. In the, oh, they're feeding me real meat. I got meat here. I only had a, that was just an entree over there. This is meat in this place. But it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time when something happens. Oh, the kids are growing up now. Oh, the kids' ministry is not good enough here. I mean, the word, I appreciate the word, Pastor, but I've got to look after my kids. You know what they do then? <laughs> Come across to the church. Maybe it's on the other side of town now because they don't want to get a reputation. And then they put their pot down there. And it can go on and on. And it's not long before they're in this one. And guess what happens? Sister Bertha, Brother Bob says something. Oh, well, there's no love in this church. And what do they do then? And it goes on and on and on and on and on. That's why the Bible doesn't say, you know, when you are potted, it says when you are planted in the house of the Lord. But here's the thing. I believe there are four benefits, and I want to quickly go into those. Why is it so important? What is so good about the local church? Why does God brag about the local church? And I think there are four reasons. The first is this. It's in the church that we can actually encounter the presence of God together. I believe God does things in church. But it's just reserves for family. Spectacular things that we can experience when we come together. Now, I'm not saying you can't experience God away from church and out of community, but I'm telling you, something special happens in the house when we gather together. The Bible says what? When we are together in unity, there God commands blessing. Matthew 21, verse 13, Jesus speaking, says, he, says to the, he said, My house will be called a house of prayer. Now, Sometimes I used to read that and, and just have a religious sort of concept of what, what that meant, prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you talk to some people about prayer and it's got to be quiet and all that sort of thing. But actually, if you think about it, prayer is not some ritual. It's not some religious thing. It's not where we're, we're doing working through a ritual prayer or a Hail Marys. Or, prayer is basically encounter. Prayer that Jesus is speaking of is where we come into the presence of God. And no matter what's going on in our world, we're saying, God, I, I'm here. I'm here. And it's where we talk with God and we reach out to God and God begins to presence himself and he begins to reach out to us and he begins to speak to us. So I believe when Jesus was saying, my house will be a house of prayer, he's talking about that our, his house, the local church, will be a house of encounter. And the truth is, every time we gather together as a local church and every time the local church around the globe gathers, we can have sovereign encounters, divine exchanges with God. We can have exchanges through worship. We can have divine encounters through the Word of God being preached. We can have divine encounters when we humble ourselves. We come to the altar and somebody lays hands on us or anoints us with oil. We can have uh, sovereign encounters with God through conversations, through introductions, through as we minister in teams. Every time we gather together, we are saying, God, here I am. And God, speak to me, whatever you need to speak. I'm going to tell you, if I had four hours this morning, I could talk about over and over and over again where God, in moments, 
in moments in church has changed our lives forever. Whether it's been a moment of healing, whether it's been a moment of prophetic insight, whether it's been a moment of revelation, whether whatever it's been, so many, and how many people know this morning, we don't understand, one moment, one word, one whisper from God can change everything in our lives. So being plugged in to a healthy local church means we are accessing an environment. We're accessing an atmosphere. And I want to tell you the environment and the atmosphere in the world where we go in the, all the other days of the week, we need to come into one that is full of faith, that is full of encouragement, that is full of God's grace because we need that. We need it. We flourish in the house of God because we can encounter his presence. We flourish in the house of God because church is where we can build authentic relationships for life. Isn't it, every church is a miracle. Every church is a miracle. When you think about the people that we can connect with, when you think about the people that you know just in this local fellowship, it's amazing. If it wasn't for church, the people that we'd meet would be so narrow. It would be like we'd be in our little bubbles. But I tell you, when we come into a local church, and God, you never know who you're sitting next to. That can be scary. <laughs> But it can also be wonderful. You're going to meet people, engage with people that you would never, ever, ever have met outside of the local church. You see, the truth is church is family. We are not primarily an organization. We're not a self-help group. We're not a common interest club. We actually say yes. We've been adopted into spiritual family. John chapter 1, 12, 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but children that have been born of God. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a son of God, you're a daughter of God or another son of God, then that makes us brothers and sisters. That means we are family. That means that we are committed one to another. It's incredible. You know, the generation today that's on planet Earth today, in one sense, it's the most connected but the most disconnected generation that has ever been on planet Earth. One press of a button on our phone, our iPad, our computer, our wristwatch, one press of a button... And we can tap into anyone or anything at any time. We are so connected, so sophisticated. And yet at the same time, we have never been more isolated and more lonely and more vulnerable than ever before in history. And if you don't believe me, even science, it's just pandemic, all of the social impact of the pandemic, we came out of the pandemic realizing we need one another. I mean... God told us that right at the beginning. He said he looked at man and said it's not good for man to be alone. And it hasn't stopped. And that's why he places us in a family. And the truth is you can be born again outside a local church. If you were here last week, and you may have heard my testimony. I got thoroughly, utterly born again. I met Christ, received Christ, was transformed in a moment into salvation completely outside the church, alone, lost in the desert, somewhere up in Northern Territory. 
There was no choir, no band, no preacher, nothing. Just me and God. And thoroughly, utterly, irrevocably born again by the Spirit of God. But I've got to tell you, I did not grow until I was planted. Born again. But I was not growing until I was planted because we need brothers and sisters. We don't just need to hear preaching. We need brothers and sisters who know what's going on in our lives, who can speak to us, who can lift us up, who can rebuke us, who can do whatever's necessary at a brother-sister level. We grow when we're in family. If you did hear my testimony, you know before I got saved, I, was, I wasted years on alcohol and drugs We'd drink till we were drunk and we'd pop pills. We didn't know what was in them. We would smoke. We would do all kinds of nonsense. When I got born again, I knew straight away I let the hard stuff go. But to be honest with you, I kept smoking a little bit of dope. And, you know, coming to church and reading my Bible, but I'd still every now and again just roll up a little bit. Enjoyed it. Made me feel more spiritual and a bit more relaxed and... Oh, I sense God. <laughs> but you know, even though I fooled myself into thinking it was okay, I knew that it wasn't. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And it was really interesting. I never heard the pastor preach about, hey, you know, if you're in this place and, you know, you used to have a bit of a drug habit and you're still smoking a bit of weed, you know, don't do that. Never heard that. It was never addressed from the pulpit. But God gave me, God, God unsettled my spirit. And it unsettled my spirit to such a point, I thought, I better go to the Bible. I thought, well, I looked in the concordance. I looked in the dictionary. I was very, I was very genuine, very sincere. I couldn't find dope. I couldn't find marijuana. I couldn't find hashish. Thou shalt not smoke dope. Thou shalt not make magic mushroom puddings. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do all of that. I didn't find it anywhere. And I thought, phew, obviously it's not mentioned. It's okay. So I kept... But I was still troubled by the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God that no matter what we're falling around, he, he just touches things and says, come on, you can do better than that. Come on, you can get rid of that. Come on. We don't need someone to tell us everything. We've got the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth. But I needed a brother and we had a, a good friend when we first went into the church. We used to call him Brother Joe, Brother Hallelujah, because every time you met him, he was just Hallelujah. How are you, Joe? Hallelujah, praise God. I'm born again by the power of God. I'm fantastic. I'm an overcomer. He was, woo, he was right up there. But I, tell, I sat down with Brother Joe one day and I said, Joe, like you're miles ahead of where I am. He said, I've got something I need to talk to you about. So I explained to him about I was still smoking a little bit of dope. I wasn't doing anything bad, just me and the Lord, you know, smoking. And uh, I said, Joe, what do you, what do you think? Is, that, is it okay? I mean, I've looked in the Word. I can't find it anywhere that thou shalt not. And Brother Joe, with all the compassion and all the love of another brother in Christ, looked at me. I'll never forget his words. He said, Dave, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> what do you mean? He says, well, what does the Bible say about alcohol? I said, oh, I know that. It says thou shalt not drunk, drink strong wine because it leads to excess, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, oh, I've, I've left the grog alone. Joe he said, yeah, well, don't you think there's a principle there? Don't you think, we, I mean, what's wrong with alcohol? I said, oh, it messes with your mind. You end up thinking things, doing things you never otherwise do. He says, well, what on earth do you think drugs do? What do you think dope does? I go, oh. I tell the story not just to show how stupid I was, but how much we need brothers and sisters. 
And you may not have an issue with drugs, but you may have, I don't know what your issue might be, but I'm telling you, when we are planted, we've got brothers and sisters who can come along beside us and who can help us and challenge us, not just make us feel good, but challenge us to grow. That's why God says, get planted in a local church. We need family because families stand together. Stand together and fight together. You know, when I was growing up, we used to love watching some of those mafia movies. You know, The Godfather 1, 2 and 3 and all that kind of stuff. And you've got the families. And all of those movies, there used to be a scene somewhere where the, the Godfather or whoever, you know, would call someone aside. Go, hey, Mario. Come, Mario, come, come. Mario, you're a good boy. I like you, Mario. Your mother, my mother, good friend, like grew up together. I've watched you, Mario. Mario, you're a good boy. You're doing a good job, Mario. I love you, Mario. But I got to talk to you, Mario. It's Luigi. <laughs> now, I, I know, I know. My apologies to the Italian people. <laughs> I know, Luigi is a bit... It's different. I know, but Luigi, he can be a little bit, you know, he, he did be difficult. I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, Mario, I know, I know, Luigi, I know. But Mario, you've got to understand, Luigi, he's my cousin. <laughs> Luigi, he's my family. So you touch Luigi, you touch me. You touch Luigi, Mario, I'm going to smash your face. <laughs> Have you seen the movie? <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not advocating we smash faces. <laughs> but what I am saying is we've got to understand their loyalty to family is something we can learn. Because I want to tell you, it's not out there in the world. But God says, no, no, when you're planted in the local church, you're in a place where when you cry, others will cry with you. When you rejoice, others are going to rejoice with you. When you're planted in the local church, you are planted in family. Now be there when, they, when you need them to be there. Family. Church is also where every generation is welcome. I love that. Every generation. Jesus again, Matthew 19. Let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Little children. Little children. You know, one of the scariest moments for Sal and I in our married life was the time we first sent our firstborn child, our little girl, Jessica, off to kindergarten. It was terrifying. Because up until then, we'd controlled her entire life. We knew exactly who her friends were. We knew exactly where she would play. We knew what was going on. We, knew every, we were able to protect her, every aspect of her life. But the first day of kinder, we're handing her over. Our firstborn, our beautiful, we're handing her over to kindergarten people. that We've done our research. We know it was a good one. We hoped it was a But we had no idea, ultimately, what atmosphere she was going in, what she was going to be taught, what kind of relationships might develop there. And the only comfort that we could draw was, before we ever sent her into kindergarten, we had raised her in a healthy local church. 
Our comfort was knowing that from the time she was in the womb, she knew the presence of God. She knew what the spirit, what the atmosphere was when, when the church would worship. She understood what truth was through going into a healthy kids program. She knew what it was to be in an atmosphere where God and God's people were together in unity. So she had a foundation. She had strength within her already that no matter where we sent her into, we could be confident God was watching over. Not just watching over, but God was already working within. Can I tell you, there is no age too short that that a child cannot know Christ. We we sometimes make it so complicated, but I believe some of our kids, they got thoroughly born again when they were only three years old. You say, how can they even understand? It's not about understanding. It's a revelation. It's a knowing. Little Jessica, who we sent off, was on a little rocking horse. She was about three years old. She told the story herself. She said, I was on my rocking horse and I just stopped and I said, Jesus, would you come into my heart? And she, come, he comes, to, she comes to us and said, Jesus is in my heart. We didn't put it there. We didn't make it up. She knew and she grew from that point. Can I encourage you, if you're a parent in this place or a grandparent or not even, find what some of the kids workers here at Life Church. And don't ever think of them as my child minders. Don't ever think of them as that's how we send the kids out. No, no, no. Those people are ministering the love and the truth of God into the tiniest little hearts. And they're laying a foundation for life. They're heroes. You need to put your arm around them, find them before or after and say, thank you. Thank you. Hey, it doesn't stop at little ones. How about the teenagers all the way through? I'm telling you, as, as parents who've raised five, we thank God that our teenagers went through youth group where we knew we could send them off and they would be safe. Not only would they be safe, but they would be empowered. Empowered. Not to be corrupted, but to actually make a difference in the world. So Jesus said, suffer the little children. But hey, this psalm also says the church is where we can all grow old together and still bear fruit in their old age. Now, that might mean nothing to you today, sitting there in your youth. But for me and for a few here today, that's encouraging. Because listen, I love the younger generation. I, love, I think one of the strongest indicators of a healthy local church is that there are the generations worshipping God, serving God, growing together. And I, I love the young people. I love the energy. I love the faith. I love the enthusiasm. I love the fact that they're so relevant to what's happening out there in the world. But I want to tell you, young people need older people. And older people need younger people. You know, the the picture being painted again of being planted. I always immediately just think, when I think of the local church, I think of a forest. I love getting up to the Dandenongs. Love going up there, wandering through the ancient old forests. But it's interesting. When you look at an old forest, walk through an old forest, your eyes are normally drawn lower. And we see the little fronds popping out and we see the wildflowers and it looks like all the growth is happening down there at ground level. But the truth is that none of that can happen without the shelter, without the protection of those big old gums and big old plants that have been there for years that are providing an atmosphere of strength where the young ones can flourish. So I want to say today, hey, if you're one of the young ones, don't you ever look at some of the older ones and think, well, what could they, what could they know? What could they? I'm telling you, some of, we know stuff. <laughs> we know stuff. 
We've been around this where the Bible says that they're going to say, hey, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And I tell you, if you're young, do yourself a favour. Find an older person. Don't tell them they're old. Just go to them and say, hey, can I take you out for coffee? I'd love to sit down and have a conversation, hear your story. And if you're an older person, hey, why don't you do the same for some of the young ones? Just say, hey, why don't you come over for a cup of tea, come out for lunch, do whatever. Mingle as the generations because every generation has something to participate. Here's the final thing. Let's invite the team to come back up. Final thing, why is it good to be planted? What is it that causes us to flourish? When we are planted and we flourish, we can make a difference. We can make a real difference that we could never, ever have made on our own because we actually become part of something so much bigger than ourselves. Some people think that the gospel is just for wounded people who are just so dysfunctional. They need rescuing, and for some of us, that's true. But it never stops there. Do you know that God actually has a dream for the local church? God actually believes that the local church is the answer to a broken world. And the truth is that it's like Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, things got better. It's called redemptive lift. Wherever he went, things got better. People got healed. Truth was declared. Spirits were cast out. Wherever Jesus went, things got better. And his vision for the local church is that wherever the local church is planted in a community, things are going to get better. I want to tell you one of the things that we love about our family here in life is the fact that we are committed to impacting We're committed to making a difference around about, not just in our own world, not just in our own businesses, but making a difference in the world and the community around about. And the fact is that, hey, you could do great things on your own, but together we can do even greater things. And I'm not just talking about sowing in financially. It's about, as we heard before, being part of a team, being part of that community that goes out and makes a difference out there. It's what we're called to do. Jesus said what? Let your light shine and it's not because they'll see the glory but he said they'll see your good works and I'm telling you together we can have an incredible impact so I want you to stand to your feet if you would this morning I want us just to have a moment of reflection and in the moment of reflection I know for many here this morning Really, all you've been doing is going, amen, I believe that, I believe that, I believe that. And I pray, if nothing else, that if that's where you are, that you're able to say this morning, actually, I'm falling in love with the local church all over again. I thank God for a healthy local church like Life Church. I hope that's, I hope that's what you're feeling this morning. But maybe for others, and maybe if you weren't able to be here, but you're watching online again this morning, maybe, maybe it's a, a moment where we actually need to stop and ask ourselves the question, am I planted? See, when you're planted, it's not that you just go to that church. You decide to put your roots down. Maybe you need to ask yourself the question and say, hey, am I building those relationships? Am I relating? Am I planted? Am I reaching out? Am I getting involved? Am I in a team? Am I part of a group somewhere, somehow? Because I need it, but maybe somebody needs what I've got on my life as well. This morning might be a an opportunity to ask yourself the question, well, am I, am I partnering with what God is doing through the life of the church? 
have I put my hand up? Am I sowing financially? Am I serving somewhere on a team? Because the beautiful thing is that we don't have to, but we get to. And when we do, the promise is we will flourish. We will flourish. So, Father, I pray this morning for every man, for every woman, for every young person, God, under the sound of my voice, we thank you so much for salvation. But we thank you that it didn't just stop with knowing you, that it doesn't just stop with inviting you, but we can follow you into community. We can follow you into the house of God and be planted. So I pray wherever we are on our journey, God, if we're planted, we thank you. We thank you for the blessings that flow. But I pray if there's still steps that need to be made, God, that there will be an invitation by your Holy Spirit this morning to do whatever that next step is, to spread our roots, to say, yes, this is my home. This is where you have planted me. God, as we make those decisions, I thank you that grace and blessing will flow, that our lives will begin to flourish in every area. In Jesus' name. Now, just while we're still standing and heads about, I wonder this morning, we've heard around communion, you know, it's not the things that we can do. It all starts. And everything I've talked about, a flourishing life, it's not because we walk in and out the doors of the church. It's because at some stage, we've made that decision, no, no, not, not just church, but Jesus. I need Jesus. And as we close the meeting this morning, I just want to create an opportunity for anyone that's here and for those that are home. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never just stopped and had that moment of honesty and that moment of courage to be able to say, I need God. I need God. I read that scripture before. It said that for those who believe, those who received, He gave the right to become children of God. So we create an atmosphere right now for you to be able to make that choice for you to be able to say yeah that's me I've never done it before but I know today I need God and I want Jesus to come into my life forgive me that I've lived independently and I've done some stuff I wish I hadn't done but today I'm saying Jesus would you come into my life well heads are bowed eyes are closed if I'll be praying that prayer with you it's a simple prayer and I'll lead you in it we'll all pray but if that's you making that decision this morning would you just let me know that you're in the room and just quickly right now just slip up your hand nice and high keep it up nice and high until I see it then I'll acknowledge and just know this isn't just for me it's for you also just to be able to say yeah I'm definite this, I'm, I'm making this decision I'm meaning business this morning I mean business this morning, saying yes to Jesus. Wonderful. Can we all pray together this morning? If you didn't raise your hand, but you know this prayer is for you, would you pray it with me this morning? Let's say, thank you, God, that you love me so much. You sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And today, God, I open up my heart. I make my decision. And I ask Jesus Christ to come into my life, to fill my heart. With your grace, with your mercy, and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because from this moment on, I'm choosing to live as a child of God and as a follower of Jesus Christ. Not by my power, but the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. In Jesus' name, Amen.
and amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.